Here within the first installment of The Great Sift, allow me to introduce myself, bring you up to speed on how we got on this incredible journey, why it has had such spiritual significance in my life, and what brings me to the point of starting this podcast that you are listening to. So, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to The Great Sift Podcast. Through weekly installments, we provide content that will engage, encourage, and empower you as a believer in Jesus Christ. We tackle topics of the day, host interviews, and provide a biblical view on what is happening in the church and the world at large. So, grab a Bible, open your heart, and let's begin to sift through all that God has in store. Over the course of the next 10 minutes, I want to give you some insight on who I am and why I am doing this podcast. People create these for all different kinds of reasons, some to make money, some to create resources for individuals or their companies, others simply use it as a, an outlet to relieve their stress, to utilize their creative process, or to express a message they find of utmost importance. For me, I'm going to use this platform to hopefully inspire educate and encourage you as we all collectively walk out our faith in our daily lives. We will begin with weekly installments with the hope to increase that number with more content to at least three times weekly, but hold on, I'm getting ahead of myself. You see, my story begins at the age of 16. I was at a Christian youth conference. I placed my full faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Now, why would I start my story there? Well, simply because this is where I fully found out who I was. I mean, honestly, the, the only reason I even went to that youth conference is because of, uh, well, you guessed it, a girl. A girl that I liked was going to be there. I tried everything I could to get her attention. Nothing was working. I wasn't even given the time of day. Now, funnily enough, a friend of mine said, uh, hey, I bet she would notice if you acted spiritual. So that night, um, I quote-unquote engaged in worship. I sang out the songs, lifted my hands, all the while looking out the corner of my eye to see if she was noticing. <laughs> but something happened within that next hour. I don't remember the sermon, who preached it, or what passage of scripture he used. All I can recall is a question that he asked. When will you stop running? There was a lot about my past that no one knew or even to this date knows. But that question prompted a conviction inside of me that drew me to crying out to Jesus for the salvation of my sins. I began repenting and confessing my sins to Jesus. My eyes filled with tears as I felt the shame be lifted from me. The shame I had felt about being filled with anger, lies, and lust. The shame I had about feeling isolated and alone. The defensive walls that I had built up that were all but eliminating the very breath that I breathed were now coming down in waves of His love, grace, and mercy. See, I remember the seat I was sitting in. The fact that when I opened my eyes again, hardly anyone was even left in the arena. The only one left that I knew was a man who was one of our youth volunteers, Jerry Webb. <laughs> some, some thought that he looked like Willie Nelson, and in some ways he did. Um, however, it was in that moment that he began to pray over me, and he explained to me what God was doing in my heart that changed my life forever. He explained the gospel. 
He helped me to understand repentance, sanctification, and why scripture is the number one way we hear the voice of God. My youth pastor and Jerry continued to help me over the next two years of my high school life. Now, it wasn't long after that, that I, that I had placed my faith in Christ, that I began to boldly declare his goodness to people. You see, I'm a bold person and I will talk to anyone. <laughs> so, sharing about the thing that changed my life was easy. I was surprised at just how many people didn't even want to talk about it or simply just shrugged it off. How could they not want this relationship I had found with Jesus? Now, while on a missions trip to El Salvador, I realized that serving God's people and feeling the call of God in my life, I knew that I wanted to be a pastor. So over the course of the next four years, right out of high school, I went to a ministry training school and subsequently received my education and became a licensed minister with the Assemblies of God. After graduation, I went directly into my first youth pastorate. My calling would take me from the cold north of Rockford, Illinois, to the deep south of Houston, Texas. Uh, This one was in June of 2003, and within nine months, I would be engaged to the love of my life and then marry her in September of 2004. Now, as often happens in ministry, we find ourselves a couple years later transitioning out of Texas and up to Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, we're Midwest people going back and forth, but uh, when we moved to Iowa, it was February, and they were having a nasty winter. Um, I had forgotten what it was like to have your doors frozen shut on the car because of negative degree crosswinds, and I remember thinking, what did I get myself into? Yet God is always faithful. Our stint in vocational ministry was short-lived in Des Moines. The senior leadership of the church changed, and I no longer had a job. We had just bought a home with money we didn't have, and all of this was on the heels of the Great Recession of 2008. It had been nearly 10 years that I had given my heart to Jesus, nearly 10 years since I had felt isolated and alone and longing to stay there. Yet in 2008, all of those feelings and temptations flooded and rushed back over me. Now, in order to make ends meet, both my wife and I took on several jobs. She worked at a flower shop, worked part-time for a local university, and she went back to college to finish her master's degree. I worked as a server at a local Chili's and full-time as an assistant manager at a local convenience store. Now, many people in my life laughed and mocked me, honestly, for taking this type of job. I mean, given what I had been doing previously, But let me tell you, this job working for Quick Trip, that is QT, based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, was the best job I ever had. Okay, the work itself, (laughs) not the most glorious, but as a company and the people who work there, they are top shelf. I love this company and I deeply miss the people I worked with. But over the course of the next four years, my wife and I, we navigated ourselves out of debt. My wife finished her master's degree and I worked my way up in the company. It was then that we faced one of the greatest challenges of our lives. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been referred to a specialist while seeing your primary care doctor? Well, without getting into all of the specifics, in 2011, I went to see my doctor for a routine checkup. At the end of the examination, he requested that I see a specialist. You see, my wife and I had been trying to have a baby for over a year at this point. They wanted to take a further look at me for infertility issues. Well, after an ultrasound, I was told that they had found a mass, and while they didn't believe it to be cancerous, this was most likely our issue when it came to conception. Our options were simple. 
remove it and the likelihood of getting pregnant be almost non-existent, or leave it and have a slightly higher but still slim to no chance of getting pregnant. Now, this was devastating to us, to say the least. Yet again, the feeling of isolation, loneliness, and anger began to try and creep in. So we began to discuss our options. Even adoption was discussed at one point. But as God would have it, nearly two years after receiving these words, Chris, you may never be a father. On January 7th of 2013, Jess told me that I was in fact going to be a father and that she was pregnant with our first miracle baby. To say that we cried tears of joy would be an understatement. I had never lost faith in Jesus, but definitely have had many times of questions, fears, even doubting his reasoning or timing. Yet the longer I live, I continually am encouraged that his timing is perfect. So on September 11th, 2013, we welcomed Madeline Rosemarie Stewart into the world. She is my little nugget, and I am so incredibly blessed to be her daddy. But over the course of those six years, I had never forgot my call to ministry either. At this point of being successful in business and Jess, my wife, uh, growing in her career field as well as having our brand new baby, our, our path was pretty much set except it wasn't. <laughs> As I already mentioned, I am learning that his timing is perfect even when we don't understand it. So within the first year of my daughter's life, during my prayer time, I began to feel convicted about getting back into full-time ministry. So during an evening conversation between Jess and me, she stated, the only way that I'm getting back into ministry is if a certain pastor reaches out and asks, well, wouldn't you know it? Within the week, that pastor didn't reach out to me. He reached out to her and asked this question. Do you think Chris would ever be willing to get back into ministry? And pretty clear timing from God. <laughs> so in September of 2014, we moved our family from Des Moines, Iowa, back down to Houston, Texas. Now, from 2014 to 2019, I could go on and on about how faithful God was. We were honored to pastor not only the youth of the church, but directed the ministry training program that is offered there. We had our second miracle baby, Caius Benjamin Stewart, on December 11th, 2015. We bought our dream home, our dream home. It was located right on the golf course, three blocks off the lake. It was everything we thought that we wanted. However, in 2017, I began having night terrors. I had never been tormented so badly in all my life. At first, I thought they were spiritual in nature, as if I was being attacked from living so strongly for Jesus. Several months into it, I realized these were memories that I had suppressed from my early teenage years. The things I had run from and tried to overcome on my own that led to anger, lies, lust, loneliness, and isolation was now being made clear in my mind once again. Because of the vividness of my dreams, in, in certain ways, I felt paralyzed emotionally. I would fixate on past instances that I hadn't thought about in over 20 years. It affected my marriage, my parenting, my ministry, and overall my life. At the same time this was all happening, Hurricane Harvey, the worst hurricane to ever hit Houston, came. The floodwaters affected so many people in our city. Our church alone housed nearly 500 people to help with relief. My neighborhood was partially flooded out. Thankfully, our home was not one of them. One week before the storm hit, my mom was placed in hospice, and just as cleanup from the hurricane began, 
I received a text message that my mom had passed away. This flow and overwhelming factors of life is the straw that broke the camel's back. I felt shame once again. I hadn't told Jess for months what was going on until it became so apparent that I had to break down and explain. After we both stopped crying and prayed, it was then that I began a slow, slow journey of healing. It was within those next 20 months that God began to shift my life in a new direction. I loved pastoring at the church. It was one of the greatest honors of my life. I didn't take it lightly at any point. Oftentimes, God will give you grace for a season, and my grace period was closing out. Through much prayer and discussion with Jess, I knew the Lord was moving us on. But to what? <laughs> that I didn't know. What took place next can only be God. Just as beautiful of an answer to prayer when we were led there by our pastor asking Jess a question, I prayed that God would give me an opportunity to discuss my heart with my pastor. That very next day, my pastor asked me if I had ever considered being a lead pastor. At that moment, I assumed that was what the Lord was leading me to, so I replied, yes, actually, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Our conversation was filled with honor, respect, and love in Christ towards each other. Now, here comes the fun, crazy, wild, and timely decision that we felt led to make. Our dream home, the one we had desired from early on in our marriage, the four-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath sitting on the golf course home that we invested so much of ourselves into. We literally decided to sell it along with everything we own and renovate and move into an RV and travel across the country. The goal was to find healing. I was still struggling with inward battles and not making huge ground. Slowly but surely, God confirmed each move we made. He confirmed them by holding us to his word, telling people about Jesus everywhere we went, regardless of how we feel, and showed me a key principle that I want to leave with you today. While we are currently still in our RV with a five and seven year old traveling the country, we have never left our calling. The calling we have on our lives was placed there by the Lord. The healing I have experienced came and comes every day when I rest in the fact that He will never leave me or forsake me. His love is what matters. See, I had preached the Bible for so long that I often forgot I was preaching to myself as well. While praying in January of 2020, overlooking a beautiful lake nestled in the mountains of Northern California, I randomly said, I am removable. I then journaled my thoughts about being removable and realized God is so good to me. Why? Because in the midst of the hardest time I had ever faced inwardly, he cared enough to provide for my family, remove me from my situation that I might be fully healed and accept the restoration that only he can provide. See, I don't know where you find yourself today. You may feel overwhelmed by life. You may feel isolated, alone. Please know that God sees you as removable as well. He cares enough about you to remove you from those thought processes, circumstances, hurt feelings and grievances. Through your willingness to work and move forward, God will deliver and bring the restoration for you in your situation. 
My prayer is that this podcast can be a place of inspiration, encouragement, and education for you as we move forward together. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, right now, I pray over the individual or individuals that are listening to this podcast right now. Father, through my experience and testimony of the goodness of you in my life, Father, I pray, Lord, that that same restoration that I have felt inside of my own heart and my own life, in my family, in my children, I pray, Lord, that that would be for those people that are listening right now, for the individuals that are listening right now, that you would bring restoration and peace and hope, and you would remind them that you love them and that you will provide for their every need. Jesus, build them up. Help them to see themselves as you see them. They are sons and daughters of the King when they've placed and rested their faith in you. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just touch them, help them to continue in this journey, remind them that they are removable for the simple fact that it is you that is in control. It is you that is in control. And as we start looking at the Bible and we start looking um, at, at the things that are happening in our world and we create a discussion within this podcast, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would give us the ability to be educated in your word, be encouraged by your words, and be inspired to move forward in our faith. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. May our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, truly bless you.